When aspects of a complex case exceed your personal expertise, you bring in a co-counsel to add the specific insight your firm needs for next-level results. Marketing in the legal industry requires complex strategy and insight far beyond anything you learned in law school. Want more for your law firm? Time to bring in a marketing co-counsel. Welcome to CounselCast. I'm your host, Karin Conroy, your marketing co-counsel. In every episode, I discuss marketing topics with experts who answer your questions and help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hi, everyone. My name's Mitch Jackson, and I am excited to be on today's podcast. Trial lawyer here in Orange County, California, 35 years of helping the consumer fix legal problems. I'm also a big fan of technology. I'm a big fan of social media, and I'm excited to be on today's show. Thank you so much for being here, Mitch. I have seen you speak at the Clio Cloud Conference, and I've been following your social media accounts. You're just kind of so uh, out there, and you've got so much content and stuff that you've been sharing. So I know this is going to be super valuable, and people are going to really get some good stuff out of this. I feel like there's a lot of fear around social media for lawyers, and because of that, the approach is done in not quite the right way. It's just kind of done in this, we're going to sit behind the curtain and be very careful and, and concise and just kind of very, just tip our toe into the, the world of social media and then carefully pull back and, and, you know, be worried about it. So the big question we're going to talk about is how do you build rapport? And, you know, how do you do something different than being that super overly cautious sort of lawyer on social media? Oh, my goodness. The the question of the hour, Karin, and it's so good to be here. So what I would love to see happen is more lawyers give themselves permission to show their human side, not only in the courtroom, but on the social and digital platforms. I think that's what connects us. That's what allows us to build rapport. And I think that's what gets people to pick up the phone or shoot a text or email over with their legal question or to retain us to help them with their legal needs. You know, just going back to growing up on a guest ranch in Tucson, Arizona, I watched my mom and dad for, you know, the 21 years that I lived on the ranch cater to the guest and always put the guest's needs first. Everything my mom and dad did when people would fly out from all over the world to play cowboy or cowgirl for a week had to do with creating an exemplary experience for the guests. And we're talking about guests that everyone knows. People like Walt Disney and John Wayne and Rock Hudson, Morley Safer from 60 Minutes, just, just amazing people that I had the opportunity to see when they weren't in front of the camera and get a good feel for what made them so that successful. That is such a cool experience to see it from that kind of hospitality side of things and then try to take that forward just in life in general but then like obviously today we're just going to talk about the social media piece of that so that is such a cool position oh it, it was a fun way to grow up and what happened being the first college graduate in my immediate family certainly the first person to go to law school when I started my practice here in Southern California I actually thought back to how would my mom or dad open up a law practice here in Southern California how can I incorporate their people skills, what they focused on with that customer experience in my practice. That is so cool. What year was that? This was 1986. Oh my gosh. That is not how most people started law firms. You were way ahead of the ball on the client-centric approach. 
It's a lot more clear today looking back. I was stumbling through things. I started practicing out of the back of my car, playing basketball down at Laguna Beach at Main Beach all day long. My first couple of clients were guys that I ran the court with. Of course, we had office space in the Imperial Bank building, which was right across from South Coast Plaza. But I started off my own firm with this mentality. And the reason I'm bringing it up is this is before social media. It was before the internet as we know it. Fast forward about 10 years, 1995, 1996, we, we set up our first website, bulletin boards, online communications. And as social media rolled out, everything that I learned on the ranch, everything I learned those first 10 years of practice, when it comes to people skills, going to bar association meetings, making a point to meet people like you, you know, it's like what I realized is with social and digital, instead of it being one-on-one or me going to an evening meeting away from my family, I'm with a bunch of people that I love being around, but I'd rather be home you know, with the family. I'm meeting one, two, three people having a quality conversation. What I noticed with social is that it allowed me to take that one to one to one to a hundred, one to a thousand, some cases one to 10,000 and provide solutions to the consumer to give them resources to help them with their legal challenges. What I also noticed was once I started being less of a lawyer and showing up with a shirt like this instead of a suit, or broadcasting from my paddleboard in Dana Point, or from my GoPro out on a run, which I did this weekend, I noticed I started connecting with people who looked at me first as a fellow human being, as that guy across the street, as that person that enjoys the same things that they enjoy doing. And from that, that no like, and trust factor was exponentially built at a faster pace than what most lawyers are doing, which resulted in branding taking off, which resulted in more business coming to the firm. So what I did and what I'm doing today is taking what I learned watching my mom and dad and just sharing who we are as human beings and everything we do is focused on providing solutions and offering assistance and providing meaningful resources to the consumer while also at the same time pulling the curtain back just a little bit and showing people who we are as human beings. And that's what connects us. And I'd love to see more lawyers do that because, look, I didn't grow up around lawyers. And I've come to learn that lawyers are like some of the most fascinating human beings on the planet. There's a reason why, you know, I married a lawyer. I fell in love with my wife in law school and we've been happily married ever since. And my daughter's a second year lawyer. And, you know, fascinating interests. Usually we have opinions about trending social topics. And so for me, they're really some of the most fascinating people I've ever been around. I would love to see my fellow lawyers share who they really are in a positive, meaningful fashion on the social and digital platforms. And I'm talking about blog posts. I'm talking about social audio like Clubhouse, like Twitter Spaces. I'm talking about live video like StreamYard, like Zoom, like what we're using right now. I'm talking about audio on podcasts, sharing your stories, sharing your advice, and letting people know who you are. And once lawyers figure this out and take this approach to social media, That's where the magic happened. That's what I did, and I'm so glad and have never looked back. So I feel like there's this these two camps where the older generation of lawyers looks at all of this social media, especially the the ones that are coming along more recently, TikTok and even Instagram somewhat and Clubhouse and, and things like that. And they feel like it's all for the baby lawyers who are just, you know, all these millennials. 
And they think they who are not on social media think they're all doing it wrong, that they're all just posting about their avocado toast in the morning and they're all doing it wrong. So where's the line where some of those millennials are going too far and kind of getting a little over the line with the personal information and not providing the value? And then where are each of those camps right and wrong? I don't think there is a line. Let me let me kind of give you a surprise answer. I think you have to be you. You have to do what you enjoy doing. And what works for me may not work for you or someone listening to this. But yeah, when I see somebody dancing on TikTok and sharing, you know, some legal tips while they're doing so, juggling, e- eating a piece of avocado toast <laughs> all at the same time in their bikini, okay, look, that's not for me. I mean, I couldn't pull that off. 30 years ago, I might have tried. But, but but the point is, is that particular lawyer is resonating with his or her unique audience. And rather than trying to please the world, I think what's really important is for us to connect and surround ourselves with people who we can relate to and who relate to you. I have the mindset of an abundance mentality. There's plenty of work. There's plenty of clients. There's plenty of opportunities for every lawyer on the planet. And I would rather be around people who I enjoy being around, who appreciate the value I'm bringing in and the excitement and the enthusiasm that I'm bringing into my life and into my practice each and every day than trying to please everyone. So I think where I would start is figure out what's your hobby, your interest and passion. When you're outside of the courtroom, what do you enjoy doing? How can you now share that activity, that social cause, that you know athletic activity on the various social media platforms in a way that's entertaining, number one. Number two, it needs to be unique and memorable. And then number three, it needs to be shareable. If you can create content that covers all three of those elements, you're going to be that lawyer that people are recognizing, looking forward to seeing his or her or their post, and that lawyer who they know, like, and trust so that when they have a legal issue, they're going to reach out to you on a private DM on Instagram, maybe a private message on TikTok, maybe a Facebook messenger, maybe an old-fashioned phone call, right? You're going to be top of mind. And so you need to do you, be respectful. If you're like me and you actually do, I became a lawyer to take on the bullies in the world and to take on the wrongdoers. That's why I became a lawyer. So with everything that's been happening in the world, let's just say over the last decade or so, I have an opinion. And so socials allowed me to share that opinion. And while it may have alienated 40 to 50% of my audience from ever hiring me, what it's done is it's actually resulted in that other 50% doubling down on Mitch is our guy. This is the guy that's not afraid to walk his talk and share his thoughts. My secret, though, is to be tough on issues and kind to people. And on social media, as long as you do that, you can get away with sharing your opinion about a lot of controversial topics while also sharing who you are, what you believe in, and then when you do that, you make those human connections and human relationships that result in building a practice. Yeah, I have to say, just kind of as a side note, I've seen a lot of your political stuff and I'm on the same team as you. And so I was like, oh, okay, we'll have a good conversation (laughs) because, you know, I think because you're very clear about where you stand on on politics and I totally appreciate that. And it's like, okay, if I was on the other side of that aisle, I might have, you know, had second thoughts and that's okay. You know, we all have our little people, but I want to go back really quickly because I think the answer to our big question you covered with the three things to kind of build personality and rapport. And I just want to repeat that so that it's not buried. So tell tell me what those were again. 
So it's, it's so important when lawyers are creating content, whether it's on the fly, you're going live, right? Or you're actually recording content and you're going to be using this every week, every month, every year, is you don't want to be that lawyer sitting behind the desk being like every other lawyer in town creating social media content. It's not going to be memorable. Nobody's going to pay attention to what you're saying. Nobody cares what you're saying. That's not what works. What works, in my opinion, is creating content that is appropriately entertaining for the topic. So if I'm talking about a breaking news story, a trending topic that everybody's talking about, whether it's a Hollywood celebrity, whether it's uh, today the NFL's cutting players from teams, Cam Newton got cut from New England, you can jump in and you can immediately share your two cents worth with a lawyer's perspective. For example, on the Cam Newton story, I could talk about Cam Newton was cut today from New England as a lawyer. If I was his agent, it does bring up certain breach of contract issues. And let's talk about what that contract may include and what are the consequences. And then do you follow that with hashtags and try to kind of jump on those trending topics and things like I that? I do, but, but, and hashtags are important, but I also don't want to come across like that's what I'm doing. Yeah. How do you kind of balance that? So I'll throw in a couple of relevant hashtags or I'll tag a couple of involved parties in the story, but I won't overdo it because what I really want the reader or listener to focus on is the content of what I'm saying, writing, or what they're watching on a video. I focus on the content. Good content is going to get noticed and it's going to get shared. Bad content with hashtags it's not going to matter. No one's going to pay attention to it because it's bad content. But I, what I'm getting at is whatever your content is, if you're enthusiastic and you make it entertaining, okay? So a story like the Cam Newton being cut, I can get really worked up on that as opposed to maybe I'm representing a family in a distracted driver wrongful death case, okay? I want to make that story interesting, but I also want to be appropriate about not necessarily making it too entertaining. In other words, there's nothing good about it other than let's help raise awareness to help people understand the dangers of distracted driving. So it's a it, it, it's a sliding scale on the entertainment you know arrow, but think about making your content entertaining. And then number two, as a lawyer, make it unique. If you're creating content like all the other lawyers in town, and when I use the term town, I'm talking about locally, nationally, and globally, right? We're a global town community now. Your content's going to be shared around the world, all the different time zones. Think about creating content that's unique. For me, it has to do with creating content outside the office. I'm using my GoPro, which I'm holding up for those of you on the podcast. You know, I'm a big fan of GoPro. But, you know, while I'm on the paddleboard, while I'm doing laps at the motocross track, while I'm out for a run, if I'm on the sidelines of my, my when my kids were in high school, their high school sports, you know, I was always creating interesting content and sharing it on the different platforms and then repurposing that content where I'll, I'll create a blog post and then repurpose it to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it might be. But I wanted to make it different. And so as long as you're creating content that's entertaining, number one. Number two, it's unique so that it's memorable. And then number three, it's easily shareable. You don't want to ask people to share your content, but what you do want to do is make it so that people will want to share your content. They're going to want to click the share button. They're going to want to take that article that you've written and share it with their clients, share it with their audience. So what are some tips to how to do that? I, I know everybody's kind of like trying to get that viral thing and that's the secret, but you know, how do you do it? 
here's what you do. What you do is, I remember I talked about having an, an abundance mentality. Here's what you do is you shine a light on other people. For example, when this podcast drops, what I'll do is I will share the link to this podcast. I will tag you. I will include the link and I'm going to share it with my global community. And we're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people around the world on all my different platforms. That's level one. Level two, a lot of people support what I'm doing. They find value in the content that I'm sharing. When they share the content, and we're now talking tens of millions of people, when you look at the people following me and you look at their followings, if they share out your podcast link to their audience because they know it's going to have value, they know that I'm actually not talking about myself, I'm actually shining a light on you, and that gets shared out, that's how you, you get that top of mind awareness. That's how you get known around the social media communities and then, and then offline in the real world. It's by shining a light on other people. It's about sharing interesting content. It's about, look, one of the easiest ways to create content on social media is to find good content that other people are creating but then resharing it out because you know it's going to be beneficial to your audience. I love doing that each and every day. So when I'm sharing content each day, some of it's original content, some of it's content that other people have created. It might be from a magazine, it might be from a newspaper, it might be something that you create and I'll share that out and I use different systems to share the content out, it cues it up and then using an algorithm it will then sprinkle that content across social media. Some of it's AI-based, some of it's manual manual settings. But when I'm in court in trials, when I'm in depositions, it's so funny. I was in a two-week trial, and about a week into the trial, and I usually get along with, with defense counsel. I don't make it too personal, right? I'm going to kick their butt whether, I like, whether they like <laughs> me or not. So we might as well just be friends, right? Yeah. This is my mentality. So anyway, he leans over during a morning break, and we're like a week into trial, and he shows me his phone. He goes, Mitch... How, how are you doing this? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you've been, tweet, you've been tweeting out all week. I'm sitting next to you in trial and you're tweeting about, about you know, this story or that legal case or this Supreme Court case. And how are you doing it? And of course, I was using a platform. With Sunday, Sunday nights, I sit down, watch Sunday night football and either I or other team members, we schedule content to go out over the next couple of weeks. And that's my little secret as I use technology to help me touch as many people as I can while I'm doing what I enjoy doing, and that's practicing law and trying cases. And I think if lawyers take this approach and this mindset and use technology to complement the display of their humanity, as opposed to removing themselves from the equation because of technology, you use technology to amplify who you are and what you do and the message that you're put on this earth to share. I think when you do that, that's seriously where you can separate yourself from everybody else in town it's not hard it's not complicated i've never been accused of being the brightest bulb in the lamp but i enjoy taking risk and when social media rolled out i thought to myself you know what when i was asked to be on one of the first live streaming platforms and friends of mine are like mitch why would you ever want to go on a live video this is back in 2010 2011 with a platform called spreecast which is no longer around it was a fan Fantastic platform, everybody, that was created by Jeff Floor, who is the co-founder of StubHub. And Jeff was a Stanford grad, and when he sold StubHub to eBay, I think it, that's who he sold it for like three or four hundred million dollars, in a couple of years he got bored. And he realized there wasn't any live video on social media back during this period of time. So he created Spreecast. This is in a 3G world. 
and I got a call. Would you like to try this out? And I did. And, you know, within a week and a half, I'm on shows with Katie Kirk, Peter Diamandis, Anderson Cooper, The Wall Street Journal, just because I took a risk of being on this new live video platform. It could have gone really bad, but you know, so what? It's something new. I tried it. I, I'm careful with what I say, but it really helped accelerate my branding and it took me from being a local law firm here in Orange County, California to a global law firm. We started receiving referrals from around the world. It opened up speaking opportunities. And so let me just wrap this up with simply one of the reasons I just absolutely love social and digital is that if you have this particular mindset that we've been talking about and you give yourself permission to have fun and share who you are and kick the tires on some of the new platforms, for example, Clubhouse, which is a new social audio platform, okay? By trying out Clubhouse, three months later, it resulted in, along with three or four other lawyers, the continuing education of the bar, having us do a webinar on non-fungible tokens, NFTs, and blockchain. That wouldn't have happened had we not been in the clubhouse room. Number two, it resulted in the American Bar Association Journal doing an article on clubhouse with yours truly and two or three friends being profiled in that ABA Journal article. None of that exposure would have happened had we not been on the clubhouse platform. And none of it was paid, right? I mean, that was all you just appearing. So it's just massive amount of free publicity because you are putting yourself out there. And I love this approach where it's it's not kind of sit behind this curtain like, you know, the Wizard of Oz where you are protecting. You know, I think a lot of lawyers have this kind of innate kind of instinct to really protect everything and be risk averse. That's their job. Their job is to protect their clients. So, and to kind of sit back and not necessarily engage, but to throw your humanity out there. I love what you said about that. And that because of that, that is how people really engage. They get your story. And then all of a sudden you are the, the top of mind person that they, uh, you know, think of when, whatever it is they need comes up. So I love that. We are going to put together a, a nice download with some of these tips that you've put together so that people can download that because there's so much value in there. And then last question is, I'm an avid reader. Uh, you know, I read about 100 books a year. And so I like to hear what you are reading and specifically if it kind of relates to what we've been talking about or just if it's a great read that you've, uh, you know, come across lately. So I have, I have two books that I just recently finished absolutely love. The first is called Cumulative Advantage by my dear friend Mark Schaefer. And Cumulative Advantage is a book that every lawyer, especially lawyers interested in embracing what you and I are talking about, which happens to include social and digital, into their lives. And it's, and it's, and it's when that seam opens up. If you're running back and that seam opens up, that hole in the line opens up, why do some people take advantage of it and get through that hole and change their lives and other people just run into the back of the guard or the tackle? And Mark analyzes this, okay? Two people graduating from the same school with the same grade point average, with the same people skills, 10, 15 years later, one's highly successful, depending on how you define the term success, and the other's still struggling. What, what's the difference there? Mark does a great job in his book, Cumulative Advantage, of explaining and sharing the steps that we all need to take 
to take advantage of the opportunities that come forth in life. For me, it was social media and digital, right? I, I, I embraced that and it changed everything. The second book I just want to point out is a book by written by David Meerman Scott and his adult daughter, Rico, and it's titled Fanocracy. And it talks about creating communities of fans, whether they're past clients, future clients, present clients, your online digital community, and how to nurture and embrace and build these communities, which in the legal world can result in a very good referral source. So I think Fanocracy is another outstanding book that everyone needs to read to uh, improve everything we've touched upon today. That sounds awesome. There was a great book that I read with a couple of friends called Tribes that was, it was about maybe 10 years ago. And so this was, you know, when the, we were all thinking a little differently about social media, but it was, it was a similar sort of idea where, you know, how do you gather people together? What, what, how do you bring their common interests? And then how do you kind of continually speak to them and remind them of your existence without being too salesy? And that stuff is so important just in terms of like a client retention basis, because we all know the 80-20 rule, you know, 80% of your clients are going to be those repeat clients or those 20% that keep coming back. So good stuff. So true. So true. Double down on everything you just said. That's probably the most important part of this podcast is what you just said. Awesome. Well, Mitch, thank you so much for being here. It was so valuable. I can't wait to get all of your resources linked and we'll get this podcast launched and we'll get those downloads so that people can get all that valuable information. And then we'll link to all of your websites and social media accounts as well so people can find you. Any last words about like where people can find you? Or actually, I know what the last word should be. We should talk about your, your book. My book, my book. Well, I'll tell you what. I had so many lawyers asking me questions about what I'm doing, right? They're watching what we're doing. How do you do this? How do you do that? So I put a book together a couple of years ago where I reached out to 44 top experts from around the world on each platform uh, about how to build out our brands of social media. So I wrote a book and it's called The Ultimate Guide to Social Media. It was a best bestseller on Amazon and everything I do is in here. David Merriman Scott uh, did write the forward to the book. And you know what? And while I've got you here, and I know we didn't talk about this, but it does have to do with what you know what we've talked about today. Is I've got a, a new book coming out towards the end of the year, and and it doesn't necessarily have a title. It's not it's not just about the law or about social media, but it's going to be chapters submitted by some of the most successful people on the planet on their best success tip that they've come across in their lifetime, right? From lawyers to doctors to entertainers to Super Bowl champions to people that have uh, played in the NFL and climbed Mount Everest. Everyone you can think of is going to have a chapter in this book. And it's probably going to be titled something like A Lifetime of Success Tips. This is breaking news. This is just for you. <laughs> I have amazing. not announced this, but it's, it's, it's happening. And I've got about half of the contributing chapters in and it's a done deal. So we're going to try to have this roll out towards the end of the year. And I think if people take the success tips, by the way, one of the lawyers, I just got her chapter. Her name is Karen Kohler and she was lead counsel on the duck boat case, I believe up in Washington state, $120 million jury verdict. And Karen shared her approach and best success tip to being being who she is and being a successful 
lawyer. And I loved Karen's chapter. And so so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Well, and when I'll that share... comes out, we will definitely, we'll repost this and reshare with the links t- about that book too, because that sounds super valuable, but also really applicable to who our audience is. So that I, I can't wait to see when that comes out. So we will definitely, once once we have the actual final title and a, a link to wherever people can find that, we will we'll repost and, and provide that information. <laughs> I appreciate it. It'll be fun. Awesome. Well, Mitch, thanks again for being here. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on and make each day your masterpiece. Thank you for listening to this episode on the CouncilCast podcast. I know that by implementing what you heard today, your law firm will achieve more. Be sure to visit the website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on this episode. If you enjoyed the episode, I would appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.